0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Jewel by Chef Steps is a proud sponsor of Beer Sessions Radio. Jewel sous vide is the future of the kitchen. Jewel, perfect food every time. Learn more at chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E.
2: Monday, December 3rd, is our annual gala, Winter in the Garden, and you are invited. Celebrate the season with Heritage Radio Network at the beautiful Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe at Brooklyn Botanic Garden. It's the one night of the year where you can show your support for HRN while sipping on champagne, hanging out with our hosts, and bidding on one-of-a-kind silent auction items. VIP hour goes from 6 to 7, featuring a tour of the Bonsai Room. At 7, all of our guests can sample bites from some of our favorite chefs. Head to heritageradionetwork.org slash gala for tickets.
1: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, guys. It's Tuesday, November 27th, 2018. We're in the ninth year of the show, and I'm Jimmy Carboni. I'm the host here. we got some special guests on today. Uh, One of my favorite guests, uh, Yeppe from uh, Evil Twin Brewing, is joining us today, man. Why, thank you. And you know what's so cool? Uh, You know, people are waiting for you to guys open the Evil Twin Brewing in Ridgewood, Queens, but I was looking last night at all the shows you've been on with me, man. It's like at least five or six shows over the years. Yeah. Yeah, you were talking about a couple that you liked. I think we had one where Wicked Weed called in. That's from many
3: many years ago. And we didn't even know who they were then, did we? Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. And we've been talking about the brewery in Queens the last three or four times, I think. So let's make this the last time we talk about yeah, it before man. we open. <laughs> <laughs> and you brought your... So in
1: terms of opening up, you've got a great GM. Uh, Corey, yeah. introduce yourself.
2: Uh, my name's Corey Gargiulo. I'm general manager of Evil Twin Brewing NYC. Hopefully to be open soon.
1: Yeah, and great. And you know, you're, I know you're a real pro. You've worked in... Tell us a couple of places Yeah, you so I have a background
2: at. in hospitality with Union Square Hospitality Group and had some stints um, uh, in beers, more specifically with Beer Table several years ago at the Grand Central um, store and also at the Ginger Man.
1: But I know you're a real operations guy, a real pro, so yeah, I think Yepi did a good thing. And, uh, yeah, I think so, too. Another special guest. has just picked him <laughs> up yesterday. Uh, Matt, you're our famous uh, brewed in New York TV store. Yeah, I don't know about that.
4: I, I, I'm Matt Arshambo. I'm the... Host of Brewed in New York on uh, PBS, airing all over the state now. Yeah,
1: and thanks for coming out, man. You know we met you years ago at Jimmy's Number Forty Three, and uh you were talking about that show for a couple of years. So yeah, yeah, we're we've really, been working on it for a long time. Really proud of you. So hey, man, cheers! Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Cheers, yes um, so We're just right after Thanksgiving here in New York, right? Roberta's Pizza. So yep, yeah, let's talk about the brewery. So um I know that you've done a lot of beers over the years. we we, we you know. Everything from the Imperial Biscottis, we we had a, we were talking about your cowboy smoke pills a little, a little earlier. Um, what are you looking forward to about having your own brewery in, in New York City? You know, types of beers you're going to make, the potential for, for that.
3: Um, I'm looking forward to all of it, actually. Um, since it's been coming for so long, uh, we've been building for about two and a half years. So we, we signed the lease two and a half years ago. We've definitely had some time to prepare for what we want to do, so we should be very prepared when we actually start brewing, which hopefully should start sometime next week, the test yeah, batches, uh, which is idea. pretty crazy to think about after two and a half years. Um, but the whole plan about the brewery in August to is to you know, treat it more, more like a brew pub, uh, where we plan to sell pretty much all of it out of, out of the brewery. We're going to have a very big tap room, uh, and we're going to have actually two different bars. Um, so we just want to, you know, do a bunch of small small one-off batches and, and sell them and do all the. I mean, i I like to say that at this place I can do all the stuff that I haven't been able to do before. Um, meaning, you know, the batches are small and we don't have to distribute them. So that opens up for a whole new world for us because distribution has its limits in terms of what kind of beers you can make and what you can add and all that stuff because you know some of those ingredients just don't have a long shelf life and we don't have to consider that anymore because you know we're going to sell it all directly yeah. to the consumer. so you can do session beers yeah, all of it, you, you want. know all of it so yeah it's very exciting finally too we have the first couple of beers planned out but other than that we're just going to run with it and, and see how it goes
1: Right. So, Corey, how did you get involved with Yeppe? I know uh, you worked at so Union Square Hospitality, you worked at Marta. Yeah, Violina. I was at, um,
3: most recently the
2: beer director at Marta. Um, so obviously familiar with Evil Twin Beers um, on both a personal and working level. Always was a big fan of Terrace in the beginning, was there on opening night. Um, Yeppe probably doesn't remember, but probably met him once or twice back in the early days as you know he had to nope. be ever present there and everybody you know knows who he is um you know and then after being in hospitality for about nine years with a focus on beverage and beer it was pretty much like i don't really want to be a part of this anymore it's not really my vibe and i was out looking for a job and Yepa was looking for somebody to uh start helping with the project management of the build out um and we met a couple times in january and february and yeah it was
3: it was actually kind of a coincidence um somebody that i've worked with before all of a sudden mentioned Corey as a guy who was looking you know for a job and who he knew and who he liked a lot and i was like yeah all right sounds interesting and then two days later another guy mentioned Corey. i don't know if it was a setup but <laughs> it, it definitely worked so uh you know when two people come to me within a week and and, and recommend the same guy that i didn't know about you know you got a you got to at least talk to the guy, so that's kind of how it came along, and we, we had a talk, and we had another talk, and the match was good, so that was back in April, I think, or March. Yeah, we, we started
2: officially in April, yeah. so a couple conversations between January and March.
1: Yeah, yeah. And did, you guys felt like you were kind of an equal playing field because you're, you're kind of opening something new. I mean, it's your first brewery, Yapay. Um, i mean the thing about it is
3: uh you know i've been doing this i've been doing this for a long time evil twin is from 2010 so you know a lot of people think that i know everything because i've already done it but as a matter of fact i haven't already done it i haven't built a brewery before i haven't hired people the way we hire people uh now and i haven't set it up in the way you know it's kind of a you know pretty good size setup uh, we have to do and we have to hire a bunch of people and i haven't I haven't done that before, and and which was one of the reasons why we decided to hire Corey back in April because I I could see that we were going into a into some some work that I wasn't familiar with and that I needed some help with because you know I can't pretend that I know everything and Corey you know the fact that Corey came from the restaurant world was a big plus because you know we, hospitality is going to be important for us um not in terms of food but in terms of how we serve the beer and how we present the tap room and how we invite people in and, and i wanted somebody who was who was familiar with that side of the world uh, you know he was under the danny meyer group and danny meyer is very known for for, for hospitality you know he started at 11 madison and all that um so that was important to have somebody i mean you can always go out and find a beer nerd but that doesn't necessarily mean that That knows about hospitality and know about building up a business um so you know that's why we we decided on Corey. Corey, what were some of the
1: first tasks you had you had to take on when you joined
2: uh actually the first project that i was given to was to figure out how we're going to build this tap room in the courtyard um figuring out we talked about building a greenhouse out there and the process there. And that was actually my first project. But beyond that, it just really started as a lot of tasks that would come onto you up his plate that he didn't have the answer to, or he just didn't have the time because, you know, the evil twin brand is still rocking and rolling as we're trying to do this build out. So it's been, you know, a lot of just kind of working and learning as you go for a lot of different tasks, even for me. So, I mean, having opened two restaurants um, with Union Square Hospitality Group, once as an hourly employee and then another time as a full-time salary manager, kind of gave me enough experience in kind of the ebb and flow of how openings operate and what to expect and to kind of understand that timelines and deadlines are going to be variable, even though you don't necessarily want them to be. Um And, you know, it's just kind of been as things come along, just figure out how to get it done. That's
1: cool. I saw some photos on your Instagram. so Evil Twin Brewing, NYC Instagram is really cool. Uh, There was a photo of the tanks being delivered. And so what was it, an old banquet hall in Queens?
3: Yeah, it was. uh, When we took it over two and a half years ago, it was an old banquet hall with all that comes with that. Disco balls and smoke (laughs) machines. (laughs) Come on fake yeah, for real, right? fake, <laughs> fake curtains and all kinds of stuff um it was kind of cool actually uh obviously uh, unfortunately we had to rip it all out um but yeah it was i mean there's many reasons why this has taken so long um you know first of all new york city is a beast to do anything in and and doing a brewery which is a factory um is even worse you know i've built a bar and a restaurant before which Looking back at it now seems like a very easy thing to do compared to what we did this time. Um, the the scale of what we're doing is pretty big for New York City. I mean, it's not a huge brewery, but it's it's pretty big for New York. Um, this building is pretty big, and we have a big outdoor space. We have to, you know, mention it, we have to figure out. Um, so with all that, you know, it's yeah, it's 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 been a lot. Um, I think it's going to be you know it's going to be very cool. It's going to be very different from what you have seen before for sure. We. The, the biggest uh, the biggest energy we have put into this is figuring out how we can uh, how we can do something that really hasn't been done before because there's so many breweries now n- not only in New York but all over the country and, and you know there's so many tap rooms and I always felt that all these tap rooms kind of look like look the same and they have do the look same, same different and,
2: versions of the same thing and
3: I think it's important when you build a brewery in 2018 you have to consider that and consider hey what experience can we give our customers that you know that can tell them to go to our place instead of somebody else's place and you know the the beers in New York are, are good every brewery in New York pretty much make awesome beers so you know that is I think we can make beer as good but it's hard to make it way better than everybody else so I think we have to really consider how we can make the experience of, of the tap room. I don't want to say better but definitely different than everybody else and I think we've come up with some very cool solutions to that
1: so, you know, what are some aspects of it design uh will there be food you know are there any interesting you know glasswares you know you you, you kind of pioneered that
3: funky I, yeah i mean there's a lot there's a lot of aspects to it um i mean we we talk about this hours every day um Corey mentioned the tab room is actually going to be a big greenhouse, and it's hard to explain exactly what that means. But when you see it, you'll you'll know what it means, and it's it's definitely going to be one of a kind. I've you know I've only seen one other bar that was a greenhouse. Um, it's actually a, you know year round green, greenhouse where you with the bar is inside and everything. It's air conditioned heater, so you sit inside of a greenhouse and drink the beer. Might sound a little weird but it's actually extremely cool when when it's when it's up and running sounds cool doesn't it matt yeah open-
4: so the, the tap room itself the public area is in the greenhouse it's a green it's a big wow. big greenhouse
3: yeah and then we're gonna have a big outdoor space uh, a big uh, kind of like a beer garden outside so we have a big outdoor space where we're building the greenhouse and then we have the out the outdoor seating uh, next to the greenhouse and you can open the greenhouse out, up in the summer so it's kind of like one flow in and out kind of thing that's fantastic um, it act- it's actually very cool uh, i can't wait to show people because i've been talking about this damn greenhouse <laughs> for a year now and and every time i talk about it I'll be like what what exactly do you mean and and you have to explain it but without actually seeing it it's kind of difficult to envision but i was just in los angeles last week and that's where we got the idea at a, at a bar out there and it, i just went back to back to that bar to, to shoot some more pictures and it was just i i just looked at it and was like this is the best idea ever um Besides that, we're actually doing another bar. also, uh, we're doing a small, uh, like smaller chat room slash cocktail bar because now you can get a full on on-premise legal license. Um, so you can do alcohol also for your chap room. So we're gonna do like a speakeasy kind of secret, invite only kind of cocktail bar also in the back. And I, you know, your book that um, where to drink beer came out. and I, I haven't
1: had you on since that came out. I wanted to ask you about that. Um, you, you were checking out places you wanted
3: to you liked in New York. Someone's waving to us. What's up, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? That's Dono. He works for Twelve Percent. Who's our distributor? Um, he moved from Texas. a uh, Good friend of mine, also. So.
1: Uh, oh, cool. More people coming in. I love that. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So in the book, where where, where to drink beer? Um, you, I know a couple of people ask you in interviews. You know, what, what what's your favorite city? And I know you mentioned a couple Chicago. In New York but you, you also you did point out cocktail bars as well as as uh, beer bars
3: yeah you know aviary for example in Chicago which is considered one of the most high-end cocktail bars in the world and you know the beer so the book is called where to drink beer it's not about the best beer bars in the world it's about where you can get the best beer experiences I think we have a couple thousand listings in the book so it's like it's very spread out you know there's even a brew pub in North Korea which is kind of cool um, so yeah, we, I named Avery because, you know, Avery actually have a very good beer selection and I've worked with them for many years and I've actually made a bunch of beers for them. So I know that they, they're very into beer and they, it's something that they take very seriously. Um, and we wanted to, oh, not again, we d- didn't want to just name beer bars because who wants to read a book with 2,000 beer bars? You know, you want to... If you travel to a different country, a different city, you want to seek out the places where you get a unique experience. If it's the place in, in Hanoi, uh, Vietnam, where you can only drink one beer, but you sit at the street and drink it out of a little plastic glass for 20 cents, that's another good experience. So we put that in also. So, yeah. I mean, the book just came out a couple of months ago, and it's out worldwide. And, and you know, it's, I think it's the, I know it's the biggest um, index book of, of beer places in the world for sure, and, it's, and, and it covers the whole world, which is kind of cool.
1: No, it's pretty impressive, and I, I noticed that, um, you know, your career as a gypsy brewer. I mean, definitely got a chance to, to brew at a lot of places. I know you picked out um, Charleston, South Carolina, as another great beer town.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, that was. What, I mean, the reason why they they asked me to make this book. Uh, there was two reasons. I had already worked with Feidon, who put it out uh, when we did the food and beer book, um, but also because I have a lot of connections in the beer world from my gypsy brewing and from my traveling around the world. I in more than 20 different countries from Japan to Australia to Iceland to Norway to all kinds of places and and uh, you know they needed somebody who had the connection had the connections uh, to different people I mean I didn't put all the 2,000 places in. there's no way in hell anybody can go to 2,000 places even in a lifetime so the way we did it was we contacted say my contact in Japan and asked him for 20 uh, experts in Japan who could who could help us name the places so this book is not about me naming all my favorite places this is a book about all the so-called beer experts all over the world naming their favorite places. So That's you, pretty
1: good. I remember you sent out the, um, I, I was on the list. Oh, cool. It, it, was, it was quite an extensive survey, and I remember going through it on my phone. I got about halfway through, and then I said, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do this later, ah. and I never did it. So nah. I had to tell you that. I screwed but up. You know
3: what? That's all good. We uh, we actually ended up, the, 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 I think the goal in the beginning was 1,000 places. We actually ended up with more than 3,000, so we actually had to, Pull a bunch of them out because Feynman freaked out a little bit about how many we actually had, which is obviously a good thing. Um, so, yeah, don't feel bad about it. Jimmy. Cool.
1: And quick, the first beer we had, it's this can. What was that? This is yeah. a
3: collaboration we did with Bur- Burial in um, North Carolina a couple of weeks ago. Ah, about a month ago. It's called This is Bob. Long story. I met the the, own, the owner's dad at a bar, and for some reason he called me Bob. So this is Bob. <laughs> I'm on the label. This is you know very classic double IPA. We actually made it uh, for uh, partly for a beer festival they're doing called uh, what is it called? Uh, har- something harvest. But everybody has to present a harvest beer, meaning they have to present a beer, present a beer that had has a harvest ingredient or an autumn ingredient. And I was like, since we're doing collaboration in a, in a way, why don't we make the collaboration take off a couple of cakes and add something to it? So we added uh, grapes, or you know, grapes to this, to this, uh, to the cakes that we served at the festival. So that's what it's made for.
1: Wow, it tastes great! Um, we're gonna take a short break. We'll be back in another minute on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. The holidays are just around the corner, and at Beer Sessions Radio, we don't just care about what's in your glass. There's one smart kitchen appliance that can make the best Thanksgiving turkey you've ever tasted. For real, Joule Sylvide uses precise temperature control and trademarked visual doneness guides to make perfect food every time. Cook incredible dishes at home via the Joule app on your phone or tablet. Or try voice controlled cooking with the Joule Amazon Alexa skill. Hey, Alexa, dial me up a brisket. There's zero guesswork, so steak, chicken, seafood, turkey, roasts, eggs, all come out exactly the way you like them. Just be sure to save room for pumpkin pie. Jewel perfect food every time. To get yours, visit chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E and enter our code HRN to get $15 off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E and enter our code HRN. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. And check us out, heritageradionetwork.org. Next Monday, if you're in the New York City area, December 3rd, it's our annual gala at the uh, Brooklyn Botanical Garden. It's going to be pretty special. Most of the hosts have some chef contacts, food contacts, spirit contacts, uh, making some cool... uh, Thanks for that festival. So here we are with uh, Yeppe uh, and his team uh, talking about opening the Evil Twin Brewing in Ridgewood, Queens. And our buddy Matt Archambault from Brewed New York TV got to come by and hang out with us. So um, we're talking about what you're doing and your gypsy travels. We just tasted a second beer. What what was that, Corey? Yeah, so we just
2: opened up Root & Branch Dead Men on a Holiday. Um, Thought this was going to be a fun one to bring along because their brewer, Anthony... Um, who actually was previously a bartender, Torst? Um, it's his brand. Um, Anthony's helping us out with a lot of the logistics of organizing the brewing side of things um, and will be with us until he has to separate to focus on the build out of his brewery. Um,
3: pretty strong. That,
1: that's actually huge yeah. news because yeah. Anthony, what he's been doing at Root and Branch has been pretty hot.
3: Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, we, we, he, you know he's about to build his own brewery out in Long Island and uh, knowing how long that would take he obviously needed a job and uh, we like the guy and I've been working with him before he's been brewing uh, the 12% beer project also that I've been brewing beers under so you know we, we needed a brewer and he needed a job and we like each other so it, it made a lot of sense so he's been with us for a couple of months already helping setting up the, the, the brew house and, and ordering all the the little things and and all the ingredients and all that stuff so he's going to be on the team when we when we start next week wow so
1: if we go through the family tree of Yeppe, i mean you've got guys that work with you at tours like anthony who are now brewing people you collaborated with around the country. I mean, who, who do you think is going to come into town and, and be making beers with you there? I'm sure you're going to do a lot of collaborations.
3: I mean, it's actually funny because some people are fighting to be the first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I've, I've collaborated with a lot of people and a lot of very good breweries out there. And everybody seemed very excited to actually come back to my house and, and kind of pay, pay me back to what I've helped them with, um, you know, and... Uh, I have a whole line of people that want to come in, and people are emailing me every month saying, "When can we come make a beer?" You know, Omnipolar is coming to town next week, and they really wanted to brew with us, but unfortunately we weren't quite ready, so we had to we had to uh, postpone that a little bit. Otherwise, they would probably have been number one, but um, they have to wait a little bit. But it's a good it's a good position to be in, and all the cool guys want to come brew with you. <laughs> that's that's going
1: to be the highlight of of the season i think but corey is that going to be one of your jobs kind of managing who's who's coming and going and you know so i think as far as
2: um who's coming and going that'll that'll be uh on yepa's plate um we definitely as a team want to focus on making these collaborations and these visits um something a little bit more different than just a instagram photo op of people hanging out um the opportunity for us in such a large courtyard space is to, you know, hopefully turn a collaboration into an event, something where our guests can potentially have a little bit more connection with it than, you know, just seeing something on, you know, posted online, A collab- knowing a collaboration is going to happen and then. You know, waiting the three weeks to actually see the beer, so we're not really sure what that means yet, um, and how we execute that on a tap room level. But I think it's important for us, and you know, we talked about how do we offer a very different um, tap room experience. I think this is one way that we can approach that on the beer side.
3: Tell them about the collaboration car.
2: 1977 Chevy Nova. Yes. Um, outfitted with a drag engine um that yep i bought off the street when he was dining at saint anselm um that'll be our hey we're gonna take you guys to lunch it's car. a
3: it's a beast of a car and i, I in, a, in a weak moment i i had a i had a little wine and a little food and i was in a good company <laughs> and i saw this car on the street and ended up buying it while i was eating dinner um so but you, it's a very
1: that's cool my, that's my ride home tonight You're the reverse <laughs> unfortunately it's there. not here but it should
3: be um, but it's a very cool car and it's you know we call it a collaboration car we want to kind of give people this experience it, it wasn't a very expensive car but it's a very cool car and and to be able to you know have people come to new york which is already a very attractive place to go to and to be able to give them a ride around brooklyn or queens in a in a drag racer would be kind of fun so uh, that's that's the plan it's
1: gonna be fun <laughs> you know and, and matt archambault um New York TV show, congratulations. But, you know, you're, you're a working bartender. I mean, yeah. you know, you work right now at Fool's Gold yeah, in the East Village. Um, I bet you got some questions for you. Yep. I know you loved his uh the Cowboy pills, that smoke lager beer. Yeah,
4: you know, I'll tell you, there's not a lot of, like, um, beers I don't like. People ask me what style I like, and there's no, no real style I don't like. But I have trouble with smoked beers sometimes. But that Cowboy Pilsner, um, I just loved picking that up.
3: I agree. I yeah. mean, we... Stopped making it a couple of years ago. Unfortunately, um, when we started making it five years ago, it sold really well and it was very popular. And we also made a smoked porter called uh, um, astray Heart, which was very popular. Unfortunately, um, the you know the beer hype or the beer scene changed all the time, and all of a sudden, smoked beers went out of fashion. And since we were doing these beers at two rows in hundred barrel batches, it was simply just too much to do at the time, so we couldn't sell it. So we had to discontinue it, but it's definitely something now that I have a have my own place and and a small smaller brew house that we can bring it back. That's definitely a plan. I mean, that's definitely one of the first beers I'm going to make. It's going to be a smoke lager. There's yeah, cool. no doubt about it. Great. That's what's
1: going to be exciting, and I'm glad you you brought that up. Um, there's so many beers in in your portfolio. I mean, there's those imperial biscotti beers. You know, there's this the smoke pills that we we talked about. Um, you know, there are certain styles that you want it you're going to do that you couldn't do before you know you're going to do anything you're going to grow anything in the greenhouse fresh ingredients for example
3: uh we're not going to grow it. the greenhouse is not going to work as a functional greenhouse but we're definitely we're going to go to chilies on the roof both yep. Corey and i are pretty obsessed with chilies um but yeah there's definitely styles that i haven't been able to do before that i want to do but there's also which is maybe even more important st- a lot of styles that i have done in my earlier days that i had to discontinue because of you know sales or whatever mm-hmm. that i can bring back now say the cowboy ashtray heart um i used to make even you know a Belgian double, which, you know, nobody wants to buy anymore. But, you know, if we do it in a 15-barrel batch and, and we and we make it really good, we could sell it at the tap room. So stuff like that is stuff that I'm excited to bring back because that's how I started out. You know, the thing about it is Evil Twin is for only from 2010. But in the in beer world, that seems very old. You know, people kind of consider us as, as kind of old-school and the beers that I did back in 2010, you know, they were very different from what we, we do today. We Nobody knew about hazy IPAs and all that stuff. And, you know, I, I'm kind of eager to bring those styles back. And I actually think they we can bring them back. I think, you know, what I drink at home now is pretty much only built-in dribbles and stuff like that, that, you know, nobody really cares about. But they taste really awesome. So, you know, why not? That's exciting, man. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing that... <clears throat> You know the the
4: market um, for distributed beer is there, everyone's going towards the same kinds of styles, but all of a sudden you're serving something that's not like a popular style in a tap room, and people will go for it. You know, all of a sudden a triple or a double yeah. looks way more appealing.
1: Well, it's also like you know, I'm yuppie. It's like when you're in your own place. You know, you you going to start with that pills or IPA, but then as, you, as you're as you drinking through the night, I want to go to the Belgian triple. I want to finish with the bel- the Belgian quad even, you know?
3: Yeah, and I, and I also think since it, it's in a tap room and we have educated uh, servers and, and it's brewed at the, at the space, you can also more tell people what to drink. It's hard to tell people to go to Walmart and buy a triple, you know, when there's all these IPAs that people would rather buy. But if they sit at a tap room and drink five different beers... And you tell them, hey, we just made this triple. It's actually kind of cool. We know it might not be the hottest style, but you should check it out. And I even think a lot of beer drinkers these days, like a lot of new beer drinkers, never tasted a triple. I really yeah. think they didn't. You know, a lot of people grew up in IPAs and pastry stouts and, and all that stuff. And to present the triple, they might be a little, you know, intimidating at first. But I actually think we could we could convince some people that this is actually a very tasty beer.
1: No, and I think you you need that. You know, especially if you're drinking a lot. You're kind of in the night, you want to hit that your stride, and that Belgian triple to me that's my Friday night beer, man. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I mean,
3: I'm I drinking a Plant at home all the time, I love it.
1: <laughs> and then, uh, just uh, I have a question we have a great listener, JM Hammond. He's on on uh Instagram at Octobird. His question, it, it's you might have answered it before on the show, but he wanted to know, are you going to be brewing any beers with Danishes in it? So, tell us a little about that story of putting in donuts or Danishes in, into a beer.
3: I mean, everything is obviously possible when you ask me and I you know yeah people can see that as a gimmick um, which is understandable you know putting fried chicken in a beer <laughs> actually we didn't take ourselves very seriously when we did that but all of a sudden a lot of people it very seriously I'm not, I don't, we are not planning to brew it with Danishes, but you know I'm not gonna say no because if it makes sense we'll do it I've done it before you know donut, the Imperial Donut Break is a very known beer, beer of ours and when we did that years and years ago Nobody really made beers with donuts, and I just tried it out and made a lot of sense. So if it makes sense to put Danishes in it, I'll definitely do it again. Um, Corey,
1: are there any beers uh, from Evil Twin that you want to give a shout-out to? I know you just poured another beer for us.
2: Yeah, so Jepa yep can speak to this one a little bit more, a little collaboration, vanilla cola stout that he did with Decadent Ales. But, I mean, I'm really excited the prospect of seeing what we can do with a stout program. I know yep is partial to... Brewing beers like this and having even more Jesus and seeing what kind of, you know, we have a completely separate temperature controlled barrel room that will be barrel aging beers. And so, I mean, world's kind of our oyster as far as that's concerned and, you know, how we can think about beers um, and then, you know, just brewing them and, and selling them. But then what can we do on the barrel aging side of things to add different flavors? And, you know, I think the Harlan's even more Jesus is probably one of the best outs I've ever had. Um, Thank you. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's how you got the job. right? <laughs> I, <laughs> so I, think gears, the, I think the prospect of being able to really focus on different flavors and, you know, like I said, we're able to do small batches and if we can, you know, if we feel comfortable with a beer style and flavor profiles and we think we can execute it we're going to and then hopefully at the end of the day the product will you know speak for the passion and effort put behind it
3: yeah styles is definitely something we're going to do a lot obviously since it's what has spilled evil twin pretty much um Imperial and even more juices and, and beers like that and as Cory mentioned, we, we have a dedicated barrel aging room, which is very cool. It's pretty big and it's going to be temperature control. And to have that in New York City is kind of unique. Not a lot of breweries have that because the space is not there, but it's so important for us to be able to do these barrel aged out well and we, can, we have access to some very, very good barrels, the best barrels in the world pretty much. So, you know, we definitely want to take advantage of that so we can do do some cool stuff and make sure that they come out perfectly.
1: That's great. And let's talk about Queen. So- you, really, where you are? I mean, we're in we're in Bushwick. We're right on the edge of Queens, and only a couple subway stops away is where you guys are in Ridgewood. What's what stop is it at? It's on the L train, Halcy
2: L stop. So that's
1: only like two two or three more stops from from Roberta's Pizza.
3: We are fifty feet from the Brooklyn border, or something like that. We yeah. are like the um, first so first Bushwick we're
2: East. We're like yeah. we're like just north of. Um, Wyckoff on George Street and if we were on the opposite side of Wyckoff we'd be in Bushwick Tech
3: yeah it's actually funny you mentioned it because I'm from Denmark and we get a lot of attention in Denmark and a lot of you know media attention and every time I talk to a journalist in Denmark I've always said Brooklyn because everybody in Denmark knows what Brooklyn is nobody knows what Queens is so it's just easier for us to say hey we're opening a brewery in Brooklyn because then people would understand (laughs) if you say Queens you have to kind of start explaining where that is Um, now that we're getting close to the opening, I've kind of switched that into saying Queen's. Plus, Queen's is actually getting more and more known also over, over in Europe. So, But yeah, it's, it's kind of funny that, you know, I've just been saying Brooklyn because that was easier. It's well, so close to Brooklyn. There's it's kind so of many true.
1: really great breweries in Queen's. I mean, Matt, you've worked at Single Cut? Yep. Single Cut. And um, now Fifth Hammer in Long Island City, which is also a destination for uh, collaborations and other things. And Fifth. You're working at Fifth Hammer, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. I've been working there for a little while now. Um, <clears throat> pretty cool spot um it's fun they always try to keep like 10 different styles on tap at a time and it's pretty amazing to see the differences in how people order at a brewery as opposed to a bar in a bar people are kind of going towards the same styles mm-hmm. and so the buyer is a little limited in what they can bring in because they have to go towards those popular styles but in the brewery people They're are like ordering four lines crazy of IPAs, different right? beers and saisons i mean I, I was very surprised to see how different the the Purchasing patterns were. Yeah,
3: that's, that's actually interesting because, yeah, and it's probably, it's obviously because when you go to brew, brewery, you want to experience a brewery. You don't want to just drink the beer. While when you go to a bar, you just want to drink what you like the mm-hmm. most, which is always an IPA for most people, right? So
4: I also think the Fifth Hammer is um, probably experiencing something that you're probably, I expect you're going to experience because it sounds like your place is going to be so big and I have a feeling it's going to be really popular. And I think you're going to have a ton of people in there going in there for a bar experience who aren't. You know beer nerds or anything and they're going to be getting different styles that you know you're going to get runs on kegs you wouldn't have expected i'm sure
3: yeah and it and now that you mentioned it, it's that's something we talk about a lot because um you know we're opening a brewery with a very known brand um so we have an advantage in many yep. ways to everybody else else's opening breweries these days um but also obviously there's also uh it's also a little intimidating to open with such a known brand because we have to do it right. If we screw it up, the fir- you know the first time people come in, they're never gonna come back. Um, but we've been talking a lot about the, the clientele that we want to not that we want to get in, but that we, you know, that we have to attract to get in because we know we're getting the beer nerds, we know we're getting the Danish tourists. Yeah. Um, so what are we missing out of that? I and mean, we're pretty much missing, uh, you know, the n- more normal people. The people just come in and drink the beer because they like the beer and don't drink the beer because of the name. And take a place like other half. I think a lot of their, you know, the people that drink at their tap room comes because of the brand name. And, you know, they'll drink whatever that says other half on it because other half is just a known brand and mm-hmm. they're known for all those IPAs. But we also want the people in that that just come in because hey, it's a cool space, the beer tastes good, it's good vibe and all that stuff. That, that don't care if it's evil train or if it's somebody else who made it as long as the beer is good enough. And that's something we definitely we're working to figure that part out. And, you know, we already started working with the with the local community to to bring those people in because, you know, at the end of the day the beer nerds are gonna come in until you're not hot anymore and then they're gonna move on to the next thing. So building your whole business around that. I mean, it's already too late for me because I'm already eight years old, so you know, I can't do that anymore. And I don't really want to do that. I mm-hmm. wanna, we want to create an environment where normal people feel comfortable coming in. It's not just nerds sitting there. Um, we tried to do the same with when We opened that, and we had a long conversation about how do we avoid all these nerds coming in. And it actually ended up being pretty much only nerds coming in. And it, I think it scared away a lot of people. I think it's, it's changed now. But mm-hmm. in the beginning, we were like, how the hell do we avoid this?
1: Wow, man. Yeah, cool. Hold, hold on, Corey. Just hold that thought. We're going to take another short break. We'll be back in one minute on Beer Sessions Radio. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, I'm Jimmy Carboni, the host, and uh got a great show. We're previewing uh, the Evil Twin Brewing Company. It's going to be opening soon in uh, Ridgewood, Queens, which is just across the board. To me, it's Bushwick East. And, yeppe we, we were just talking um, about some of the plans you have. And, Corey, uh, I cut you off right, right before the break.
2: Um, I think the <laughs> kind of just to wrap up what Yeppe was saying is like the, the idea and plan for us in order to be – not just a successful tap room, but really to be a successful business in the neighborhood is we really need it to be a community space above all else and how important it is for us to kind of reach beyond just the beer people that are going to come out no matter what and understanding, like, they're not always going to be there necessarily and how do we make it a space through having the full liquor license and what other offerings can we have, having a diverse enough beer list so that, the people that are into beer can have kind of a rounded experience in that regard. So, and you're,
1: you're really solid hospitality background. So you actually tell us the school that you went to, because I don't think there's too many people on our industry that, that have like a a solid, like, you know, hospitality training. Yeah.
2: So I went to Michigan state university, um, the school of hospitality business. So one of the top ranked hospitality businesses um, out there, I mean, doesn't really match to Cornell university, but they're kind of in a league of their own in that regard. But I mean, just to take it, give you a brief overview it's essentially a business focused program in this hospitality segment so it's not necessarily service experience aside from internships it's not like a a
1: culinary school
2: right it's not like that at all it's really just a business program that focuses on hotels restaurants cruise casino things like that so you get a well-rounded background that you can kind of inject yourself in any facet of hospitality
1: that's pretty cool. I mean, it's, it speaks to the operation you guys are putting together, doesn't it, Matt? I mean,
4: yeah, absolutely. And I can tell you're thinking about your place in a pretty cool way. I'm excited to check it out.
1: Yeah, if, if I get there and the, there's any pint glasses, will I be will I be expecting pint glasses or am I gonna get some special tasting glasses?
3: Pint glasses. So we definitely not gonna do stems, and it's not because I I don't like stems. Obviously, we did stems or doing stems at first, and kind of made stems famous there i don't know if you can say that but i kind of want to try and do something that is not a trust. you know we are definitely also going to do very different um you know design and very different setup um i don't like repeats i like to renew myself and i like to you know change things up and uh this is since this is more like this is a brewery with a tap room and it's not a fancy bar as such and we also you know we don't want to show it as a fancy bar um we we've you know we're definitely going to do pine glasses and half pints or whatnot um and again it's also again it has to do with the with the community and has to do with the, where we are we in richwood and if we serve everything out of fancy wine glasses, i think we'll scare some people away and we definitely don't want to do that
1: yeah and are you guys going to have any food you know after you get open
3: uh we are going to have food we're not going to f- do food ourselves i only i already have one restaurant and i'm not going to do that again um <laughs> But we are going to have food trucks. We were going to do Fetis out, but unfortunately they pulled out recently, so we have to figure something else out. But we have some, we have some cool plans. Um, we'll figure it out. Um, we, you know, there's so much up in the air right now, and it's hard to say exactly where it's going to land, but we'll, we'll figure it out. I'm,
1: I'm so psyched for you guys. And, and your buddies here, um, this guy was just outside the window, so we're here at Roberta's Pizza. If you ever come in the back, there's, there's a, our studio.
3: But your buddy, he works at 12%. Just, you want to introduce him? I mean, this is my friend Don No, who moved from Texas to New York about half a year ago. No, not even that, four months ago or something like yeah. that, to uh, to work for 12%. Don and I have known each other for a while. Um, he worked for our distributor down in Texas when we were in Texas. And every time I went to Texas, he always gave us a good time and showed us around and even took me out to, uh, to a farm to shoot big guns and everything. You know, <laughs> the stuff they do down hey, just, in just Texas. Just say hi uh, so we can
1: hear your voice. And let's uh, say hey 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 so dude anyways thanks he just brought us cocktails from the bar at Roberta's
3: what, what's this cocktail it's I don't know there's some chili in it for sure it's it's spicy what did you say tequila bait it's definitely up my alley I it's like a it a lot it's
2: a spicy tequila cocktail yeah I like so it. that's I a pre- like maybe it. a
1: preview of uh, going to your tasting room maybe I'll go in the cocktail bar there too yeah
3: so we yeah I said so we're also going to do cocktails and we actually also going to do coffee so we you know, since we have a, a greenhouse and it's going to be attractive to sit in in the morning also, and since we're right by the L's, L line, uh, by the Halsey stop, we're also going to going to open a coffee shop um, and do and do fancy coffees. Um, we're talking to Say Coffee, which is right around the corner from here, which is an awesome place. They roast their own coffee and they're very good at it. So yeah. we're going to bring those guys in and, and 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 do some work with them. Um, we want to make it a whole experience so people can kind of hang out all day long. Well, you know, I think you're going to help spread the word
1: about Queens beer, too, because um, you're doing something special. You know, th- I think there's more breweries in Queens than Brooklyn. I'm not sure exactly. I, th- I
4: think it's like 13 in Queens and 16 in Brooklyn. It's just slightly yeah. under. But-
1: and Single Cut was one of the first, you know, our buddies at uh, Bridge and Tunnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're We're right, right around the Wood. corner from yeah. us, actually. Finback, but Fifth Hammer. So, um, Matt, you're working there now. Yep. You poured yep. us a Fifth Hammer. And I love, cheers to Chris and Mary. I love those guys dearly. Like, yeah. Um I haven't had a chance to get out there yet.
4: Oh, you got to come and visit. Come on some Friday. I'll be working.
1: So what, what did you pour us?
4: So this is the, uh, the Autumn Rye. It's a rye pale ale. Um, it's like not a crazy hoppy on the finish, just really easy drinking. We're actually pouring it at Fool's Gold right now, too. Um, something that the Pilsner drinkers who come in, that's the only thing that they're going to go for. We can give them some other easy drinking stuff. Yeah. Um, and also, just because the TV show's about New York State beer, we use a New York State-grown rye in this. Um, Fifth Hammer is a farm brewery, so a lot of New York State-grown ingredients.
1: And how, how's the rollout of the show going? I know about over two years ago, you guys started working on it, yeah. shooting a new, an only New York State uh, beer TV show.
4: Yeah, yeah, there's, it's been airing upstate. There's like eight or nine PBS channels in the state, so it's been airing upstate since the summer. Um, but it just started airing on Sunday uh, in the city, and it's about to start in Long Island, too. So here in the city, it's uh, Sunday nights at 7.30 uh, p.m. on PBS 13. Thirteen episodes, uh, each one's in a different region of the state. So we talked to mostly brewery owners, but then some bar owners. We, we talked to a, uh, a barrel cooperage. That was a really cool segment. Uh, a craft maltster let me jump into a kiln and do some shoveling. Um, It's pretty amazing to take a a tour like that around the state and and meet people who are opening brew pubs like right on the border with Canada and then going to a giant space like Southern Tier and getting like the full tour of that system. So, pretty big range.
1: Cool. Wow, man.
3: Do do we have time for questions? Yeah, go for it. So, you guys in Long Island City, right?
4: Um, Fifth Hammer, yeah. Yeah, Fifth Hammer, yeah. yeah. So,
3: how excited are you about Amazon opening out there? Because I read about it the other day and I actually looked into where they're located and what breweries were close by because I read that they could hire up to 40,000 people with an average wage of 150,000 yeah. a year. Oh, my gosh. So that's going to be some heavy buying power for yeah. you guys.
4: Yeah, well, so Fifth Hammer is, by my estimate, um, seems to be about 250 feet from the southeast corner of where that campus is, is going to be, assuming it all goes through. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be a huge change in the neighborhood. You know, there's a lot of ups and downs, and there's a lot of reactions in Queens right now about, mm. about the move. But um, ultimately, hopefully, it's going to mean a lot of good tax revenue. But in terms of just that little neighborhood, it's going to change the game there. And I think there's going to be some businesses that really flourish, and there's going to be some businesses who probably. Who probably
3: suffer? Um, I'm depending. sure. I'm sure breweries would do very good. I mean, they're going to do very well. I can imagine well. Amazon people need a beer after <laughs> yeah. slaving all day long at the warehouse. They, they have the,
1: drone, <laughs> the drones come and pick up the beer, <laughs> yeah. you know, crawlers to go. But on that note, um, you know, it, it can be a crapshoot too. You know, I think that for Chris and Mary, where they opened in Long Island City, apparently there's there's some new developments there. There's there's office workers as well as residents. So I, I heard that they're the only. New brewery in New York City that that is open seven days a week because of the traffic. Look, other breweries are a little out of the way. You know, you have to go to the end of the line. You have to travel there. But but it seems like they got lucky with that location.
4: Yeah, there's so many high-rises right on the water there in Long Island City. So the the location is really great. And we get a lot of people who are coming to us just because we're a cool bar in Long Island City. I always consider it a win when someone comes in and they ask for a Jack and Coke, which of course we do not have, and... (laughs) Um, I kind of talk them through what's available, and then I see them come in a few more times right. in the coming weeks it, it means we kind of won, and uh they're getting it's amazing that in this day and age, you know I've been like following beer for so long that people that i we're I'm introducing people to a brewery still you know there's still so many people who for whom this is all so new
3: yeah and that's a good thing about new York City you know i i I would say if if people if somebody came to me and said, hey, I have a dream of opening a brewery Outside of New York, I would probably say you should reconsider that because it's, there's a lot of breweries there, out there. But in New York, what, do we have 30 breweries, 10 yeah. million people? you know, We're so way behind still, and there's room for so many more breweries out there.
4: I was reading about how San Diego just cra- crossed the $1 billion mark for the rev- annual revenue in craft breweries. There's like 150 breweries in San Diego County. So I did some dividing out just <laughs> on my calculator, and I was like, all right, so they have way more breweries per capita than us you're a polymath dude <laughs> i know it's, uh and then but in terms of like square footage you know queens and brooklyn both just destroy them in, in breweries per square footage but we just have so many people yeah there's so much room yeah there's so much room. You know. and,
1: and the, so the book where to drink beer uh there was an interview in um i think bloomberg news she asked you about your favorite beer city. So tell us more about New York. So you said like five or six years ago you didn't think New York was a great beer city?
3: No. I mean, when I moved here about seven years ago, uh, New York was not a great beer city at all. I mean, there was really only two breweries, Six Point and, and Brooklyn, and there was only a couple of, of decent. Spide and Duel was by far the best beer about the time. There were a couple of other good ones. Um, that has definitely changed a lot. So when I was asked by Bloomberg to name uh, from the book, name the best beers in the world, obviously I had to think about that for a little bit because there's a lot of good beers. But when you consider everything in, and I'm not talking about the amount of brewers, but yeah, San Diego has 180 brewers, we have 30. So you know, and people even brought that up when I when I mentioned New York. But if you if you consider the the quality of what's being done in New York, say quality of the beers being brewed i mean i think all the breweries in New york pretty much are killing it right now and um, the quality of the beer bars the quality of the restaurants that have a good beer selection and the quality of the beers that are distributed or imported that are available i don't think there's any city in the world that can match that um and i actually thought about it for a long time and i didn't just throw it out there i actually you know i can stand behind it and even now a month later and i've Got a little, I got a little shit from, from saying New York, and people like, really? I mean, what about Denver, and what about this and that? I still think New York is the best because the quality is just so crazy good. There's nothing you can't get in New York. Hey, Corey, do you feel that way? Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, it's it's been interesting
2: industry. to see what's happened over the last five years, especially in the beer community as far as new breweries in the city and places open up, and they're high quality, and more places open up and, up and you're not going to be successful unless you're at least matching the quality of some of these other places so i mean the bar is set really high in general just being new york city because you know how can you survive if you're not really providing
1: the well, one last summer? question for yabby so again going back to the book and your, your travels and everything is there a city or a place that that's in that's going to inspire in the back of your mind kind of how you run the new brewery tap room or 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 part of the decor i mean it's something like bamberg in germany or is is there some place that that you've that's really inspired you no
3: um i mean it would be obvious for me to say Copenhagen or denmark or scandinavia because that's where i'm from and that's definitely what we did with trust you know trust was very scandinavian in, in its interior and everything um but when we built trust you know that was our first place and we we work with a designer, and obviously it was our idea, but they executed it for us. This time we're doing everything ourselves. We're doing all the designs down to the toilet paper holder and everything, so it's way more a personal um, design. And you know, we're bringing in what we like and where we came from and what we what we use every day. Um, so I don't want to reveal too much, we also want to keep a little bit for, for as a surprise for when we open but it's going to be a very personal space and it's definitely going to show who we are and, and, and you know that's kind of where we are right now, I mean it, everything with Evil Twin is very personal, I mean I call Evil Twin for a reason. Um, and i it's a very personal brand to me and, and i definitely want to show show that in the chat room and, and in the brewery also.
1: I'm well, I'm really looking forward to when you guys get open. I'm sure in 2019 will be out there. Matt, a last question for
3: Yeppe or Corey? Sure. Um what uh what's the brew setup? How many fermenters? Uh, for now we have a 15-barrel system, three vessels. Um you know, pretty manual. I've I work at 100-barrel brew houses that are, you know, super uh, technical and, and 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 you know you can't really do that much so I wanted to have a more manual system uh, we start out with 15 uh, with 515 barrel and 430 bell fermenters we can expand that to another 415 and another 430 hmm. so the start capacity is going to be three and a half thousand barrels uh, the, the max capacity is going to be about seven eight thousand and that's more than enough I mean I do about 20,000 barrels now mm. and I have absolutely no desire to do more than that. So we're still going to do the contract brewing. Uh, you know, we're still going to continue that. So this is more just like an add-on. And if we in it two years from now only brew three and a half thousand barrels out there, I'm more than happy. I don't, I don't need that big scale. I don't have a desire to to to. I have I have a desire to take over the world in terms of quality. I don't have a desire to take over the world in terms of quantity. Mm-hmm. And it's just how I am. And you know, so yeah, it's a good setup. It's small enough so you can manage it wow oh,
1: man that, that's a great way to end the show so great having you on I'm so proud of you and thank Corey you. great meeting you yeah, thank and, you for uh, me. Matt I'm glad you got to come on the show man looking forward to watching Brood in New York on PBS Channel 13 right, thanks Jimmy so um, guys thanks so much and a uh, big shout out to our producer Justin Kennedy who put the show together engineer Matt Patterson uh, Dylan Hoyer our intern and I'm Jimmy Carboni. thanks for joining us on the Heritage Radio Network we'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio alright alright All right. All right.